The Marine and the Hippie is a weekly conversation about current events aimed at presenting alternative viewpoints while looking for common ground. We are the Marine and the Hippie. Welcome to the Marine and the Hippie, Season 2, Dialogue 2. We are in the double twos today. Today we are going to be talking about Donald Trump, the GOAT. What does that mean? Well, first we have to define what is a GOAT because it's all over social media, all over the world, and sometimes people don't really know what we're talking about. So, sometimes I'm one of those people. So I had to first find out what does GOAT mean. GOAT means greatest of all time. So, in my humble opinion, Donald Trump is the GOAT. We just have to define of what. Really, the goat of sleaziness. I don't know. He he certainly has the ability to trick a bunch of people like no other person in my memory, at least. I'm not really sure if we've had demagogues like Donald Trump in the past, but as far as being a demagogue, he certainly has a level of skill that's unsurpassed by any other modern politician. Yeah, and so I mean, I remember growing up in New York. I was thinking about this before I went to bed last night, thinking about this show, and I was thinking about. My grandfather. My grandfather was an Italian American first generation construction worker who owned his own construction company in Brooklyn and knew Donald Trump's father and wanted my mom to marry somebody just like Donald Trump because Donald Trump was like a brand. Be like the equivalent today of being like, yeah, you should get married to somebody like a Michael Jordan because he's a basketball player and Donald Trump's like a New York guy or something like that because it's, it's, it's the equivalent. We don't know them. We're never going to meet them. And my grandfather, though, is somebody who helped out in his neighborhood. He taught, he taught, um, the workers around his construction site, uh, the ki- their kids, him and his, my grandmother, um, English. So it's weird because Donald Trump is not that guy. Donald Trump has spent his whole life kind of being a douchebag. In the in, in the media, he he's he's bankrupts himself. He has a TV show called The Apprentice in which he, he it's like we people I think if I got if I have the premise of the show, the whole idea is we want to see him get angry and yell, "You're fired!" to somebody who's like crying because they know that they failed at their job. That that's his legacy. His legacy is that he's like kind of a douchebag. He's kind of a piece of shit. But to a lot of other people, he is, what Doctor said, a demigod. He's people that people follow. Why? Because, well, we're talking about this pre-show. We all are indoctrinated to follow something, someone, some ideas. That's what echo chambers and information silos are. We blind ourselves not to seeing a whole picture, but to only seeing the part that makes us feel comfortable. I, I'm glad that I'm not one of the people who feels comfortable in the very small box of Donald Trump land, but still, it is Donald Trump land because it is his world, nobody else's. One of the biggest draws that people have toward Donald Trump is that he is seen as the symbol of American success. And the American success story basically goes like this. Someone basically starts out from nothing and they work really hard and put in all the extra hours and do everything that they got to do. They get lucky every once in a while. They make all the right connections. And then all of a sudden, you know, by the time they're 40 years old, they're a millionaire. That's the American success story that everybody in this country believes is just waiting right around the corner for all of us. Uh, Donald Trump seems to have embodied that, even though 
you know, we know that he comes from money. His father is a, is a sleazy real estate developer who was notorious for running slums and kicking black people out of their houses and things like that, gentrifying neighborhoods, tearing down buildings, having buildings condemned because they were loaded with black people. It's a really sleazy family, and, and Americans see that as the kind of success that, you know, takes no prisoners and, you know, leaves nothing on the field and all these other sports metaphors until, you know, there's nothing left. America doesn't see that. They've been like, they've been branded that that's what he is through the news. I mean, I think that the the picture that's been painted is that he is exactly what you're saying. But if you look at his history, you know, the guy has basically utilized the law to not only get rich, but also stay rich. And he's utilized friendships and connections that he's made in both the city government in New York, the state governments of New York and New Jersey, and now the federal government to avoid trouble, to stay ahead of his creditors. And the guy is so slippery in Teflon that banks up until recently have been loaning him money, you know, untold sums of money, which he's never paid back. He hasn't paid back half of the people that he owes for services that they rendered him. And basically, he gets over on everything. And so there are a lot of people out there who look at that and be like, yeah, I wish I was like that too. Yeah, so in the modern day, Donald Trump, we just defined what he is. He's the law-slinging capitalist. Instead of the gun-toting cowboy, he's the law-slinging capitalist. He knows how to wield the law for his personal game. He just knows how to do it. Thank you for listening to Season 2, Dialogue 2 of The Marine and the Hippie. I am the Hippie. Be right back at you. Ciao. You're listening to The Marine and the Hippie. Hey everybody, you're listening to Marine and the Hippie. Season 2, Dialogue 2. This is the GOAT. G-O-A-T, the greatest of all time. And we started off by talking about Donald Trump. There are other goats, of course, in their various fields. Of course, we could talk about the best basketball player, which is probably LeBron James, even though people will say that Michael Jordan is is the goat, is a goat. He's one of the goats. There's a number of goats in the NBA. LeBron James is probably the best NBA professional basketball player of all time. Uh, you know, you could talk about the best rapper, who's the greatest rapper of all time. I would probably put it at Nas. It's probably the goat of all hip-hop although people will very, very strongly disagree with me there. Uh, you know, you talk about the goat of rock bands, and I'll say probably Herman's Hermits, probably the goat of all rock bands. ACDC. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, we're talking about Donald Trump specifically today, and we're talking about what Donald Trump uses to kind of get over. You know, he can divorce supermodel women. He can go up and grab women by the, you know, by the junk, if you want to use that terminology. Um, Pussies. You know, you could say that the cat term, too, if you like. Um, you know, there was a day when saying that word was strictly like sort of taboo. And now it's kind of it's kind of come into fashion. But I guess when Donald Trump says it, I guess it's, it's just OK for everybody to just go ahead and throw it out there. It, it goes back to our our first show of this season. Penises and pussies. Let's get it out there. It's shit that we all have. Like. I'm not covering my junk anymore. I don't give a shit if you cover your junk, but I'm going to talk about your junk, okay? Because right. it's there. And, and Dylan is doing the show naked, just so you guys know. Uh, completely and totally uncovered. It's almost embarrassing. Like, I don't want to watch the screen, but I don't want to look away either. So it's kind of one of those deals. But anyway, uh, Donald Trump, I mean, he's 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 just the kind of guy that, that gets away with everything. And it, I don't want anyone to think that I'm, like, admiring the dude for, for any of this because... You know, many, much of the behavior that he's exhibited over his public career has been very reprehensible, and it is nothing that we ought to, 
you know, hold up as some model behavior for society to follow. And in spite of all of his loudishness and all of his boorishness and his just lack of any kind of notion of social grace or following any of the norms of the things we talked about last week on the show, he still succeeds. And uh, I wonder why that is. I mean, we have some ideas, but I don't have any idea actually why he does so well and gets away with so much stuff all the time. Well, I, I think that that's the, that's the question and that's also the point. I think what we're talking about pre-show is this idea that people come onto social media just to kind of just, just to, to kind of twist your nipples. Really, they, they just come on just to like piss you off. And with Donald Trump, Donald Trump's like the perfect guy, like the purple nurple because what he does is he comes in and just says shit that fucking doesn't make any sense, but people buy in all the time. Why? Because the alternative is something heady and boring that you're like, I don't, I can't buy into that either. At least this guy's a fucking train wreck. I like watching train wrecks. He's fun to watch. What's my alternative? This person who's telling me what I have to do and how I think. And he's not very good. at. And those people are, well, duck. Yeah, you said it. Those people are doc. It's like listening to me or listening to Donald Trump. You can either have intelligent conversation with a person or you can have a conversation with a dude who sounds like he's either on drugs or off his meds or both at the same time. That's Donald Trump. So he's connecting to the people who want that. And he's connecting to the people who, who want a leader that's, that's off the hinges, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm because as Doc said, I don't want to say that I support Donald Trump because I don't. But I also don't want to say that he's a dummy. I don't want to say that he's he's bad at being Donald Trump because he's not. He became the president of the United States with no political experience. That's like me walking out onto the NBA and like getting an NBA championship at five foot six at close to 50 years old. It's just not going to fucking happen, but it happens for him. And I should say Donald Trump isn't stupid because he was surrounded by people who are way smarter than him. I, I had an opportunity, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this before, to speak to his the head of his economic policy team when he was running for president in 16. And the guy is a, an economics professor. I might not agree with his ideas. I certainly didn't agree with his free market liberal economic ideas at all. But he was an intelligent guy that I could sit down and have a conversation for two hours with. But anyway, his ideas were, were at least they were rooted in something that was reasonable. Uh, we could talk a little bit more about that after we get done with the break. Uh, this is Marina the Hippie Dialogue 2 from Season 2, The Goat, Donald Trump, Slipperiest of All Time. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Dylan with The Marine and The Hippie. I'm The Hippie. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Marine and The Hippie, Dialogue to The Goat. I am The Marine, and you're here with me and Dylan. We're talking about Donald Trump today. We're actually having a reasonable conversation about Donald Trump and keeping our wigs on. I, I don't know how we're doing it, but we have not lost our wigs yet, like most people do when they speak about Donald Trump. Before the break, I was talking about how he was surrounded by people who were very intelligent. He had a lot of very intelligent policy people around him. Uh, this one fellow that I was speaking with uh, for two hours about liberal economic policy, he basically said, well, you know, we're not fully on board with this liberal thing because we've got these national interests we got to pay attention to. And I can understand that. You know, I can, I can speak to this guy on an intelligent level. If I would have talked to Donald Trump and he would have said the same things to me, I don't think I would have believed 
a word coming out of his mouth. I would have been like, where did you get that stuff? Did you like, are you looking at crib notes when you're speaking to me right now? I mean, I don't believe that these are actually your words. But he, the people he had surrounding him, including this fellow, uh, his name was Sam Clovis, uh, as well as his foreign policy you know, guys and everything like that that he had surrounding him were actually really intelligent. And while their policies might have been very repulsive, uh, they actually made internal sense, at least. And no, Steve Bannon, we're not, we're not putting you on the list of intelligent. We're putting you on the list of cray-cray. But that being said, yeah, Donald Trump has always picked people around him that have either the connections, as Doc was saying before, or the ability to succeed. It's why he is the slippery Teflon man. He, he's he's a law slinging, you know, grease ball, but he's doing it like as a winner. And people who say, oh, I hate him, I hate him. I have this argument with my mom kind of more regularly when, when he was in office. I hate him. He's so stupid. He's so stupid. And I'm like, he's clearly not stupid. That He's clearly not that. Because if, if he was that, he would be a gutter bum because that's all he could achieve by himself. He, he's, he's charismatic. He connects to a certain level of the American psyche of which Doc and I don't belong. That's not entirely true, man, because I can, growing up where I did in the Rust Belt, I absolutely can understand how people would vote for that guy. I absolutely understand it completely. I didn't vote for him because I find his sort of right-wing nonsense repulsive. But if I wasn't the person I am, I would have I would have been his target audience, absolutely. Sure, yeah. So point taken. So he's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time at being Donald Trump because that's all he ever wanted to be or or to emulate was his vision of greed and excess and, as Doc said, Beautiful wives that one, once they get to a certain age, he divorces the one and gets, gets one at the same age and kind of has a few more kids because that's who he is. That's, that's never been unknown. That's never been hidden behind the closet. That's been in the media's face, in the news for the last 40 years, 40, 50 years. His mom even said, well, it would be a shame if Donald Trump became a politician because he'd be really fucking horrible as a leader. Yeah. We didn't even listen to the mother. So. His mother, his mother saying, don't do this because this would be a bad choice. But still, we're like, no, nope, we're going to do it. We're going to go down the road of electing Donald Trump. And the reason is why? Because the other side is somebody who's telling you how you have to think, is telling you how you have to be because it's not him. What the fuck is that? What 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 good does somebody saying you have to eat your broccoli do? Does, does the kid eat the broccoli? No, he throws it at you and he grows up or she grows up hating the fucking broccoli. Why? Because they're being told what to do. And that's the that's the alternative is a, is a party that's like, we don't know how to hire the smartest people in the room. We're going to create a party that's based on stupidity because we're banking on these these fundamental pieces that don't exist. And it, and that's the bother for me. The bother for me is some is me as a vegetarian walking by Donald Trump's steakhouse and saying, oh, I know that I'm not going to eat there because I don't eat steak. And then having another restaurant next door being called, hey, the DNC, come eat here. And I say, oh, I walk up to the maitre d' and I say, oh, do you have any vegetarian options? And the guy says, no. I say, OK, I guess I can't eat here either. But they say, you have to eat here because your only other alternative is the steakhouse. And I say, well, I'm not going to eat either. I'm not going to eat it either. I'm going to go find my own food. I'd rather forage in the fucking woods than vote for a steakhouse or whatever the other fucking piece of shit, the one that I'm being forced to eat at it. Doc. Back in the 19, I want to say 1980s, Margaret Thatcher was very famous for the slogan, Tina. 
which is there is no alternative. And she was referring to neoliberalism. Uh, she was basically saying we don't have any room at all to have any kind of alternative other than this neoliberalism. It's the way we're doing things now. Uh, and if you don't like it, well, too bad. You're on a you're on a ship that you're not driving anymore. Essentially, she's saying that anyone who disagrees with me, their opinion doesn't matter. At the end of the day, that opinion is a very fascist uh, way of seeing the world. And I don't know any Democrats that will disagree with me on that point. I think that any Democrat worth their salt will look at that and be like, yeah, yeah, that is very fascist for her to say something like that. There is no alternative. You either have to agree with me or you have to just suck it up. Too bad, so sad, you're not in charge. No Democrat will disagree with that. But the same group of people who will dis- who will not disagree with that being fascist will come along then and say something to the effect of, well, you have to vote for us or Trump. Those are the only two choices. And Trump is clearly unacceptable. So therefore, you must vote for the piece of shit candidate, whoever that happens to be that we put up. It could either be Hillary Clinton, who's a freaking warmonger, a corporatist, a, a, a complete and total asshole. You know, say what you want about Hillary Clinton. She was extremely talented with regard to foreign policy, and yet she was so like unlikable as a human being that I couldn't imagine you know anyone voting for her. Yeah, Hillary Clinton, brilliant Rhodes Scholar, like off the chart smart, but nobody likes her. And the again, I'm going back to my theme, I guess, for season two. She doesn't believe that there are any women out there that like their pussies grabbed. Well, guess what? There are. And that's what she banked on. She banked on the fact that all women were going to vote for her regardless of, of how they believe. Nope. Some women like that. Some women look at Donald Trump and think that that is that he is the perfect man. Not that women that women should be equal and be empowered and should succeed. The choices of the Democratic Party were offering us were either this war criminal in in 2016 uh, who you know has this idea that say look if you if you don't vote for me then you're not a woman you know that's what she told young women in this country if you don't vote for me then you're not a woman actually she didn't tell people that uh, Madeleine Albright told people that who was a surrogate for Hillary Clinton uh, said you're not clearly not a woman or you clearly hate women if you don't vote for Hillary Clinton or the you know piece of shit doddered war criminal that they gave us in 2020 who we all knew was going to lie about everything and proceeded to actually lie about everything uh, and still got elected and now everyone is like gathering around it because of the fact that they believe that if you don't support the Democratic Party candidate, you must automatically therefore support the Republican Party candidate, which in this case is Donald Trump. In other words, what the Democrats are saying to us is exactly what Margaret Thatcher said to us in the 1980s. There is no alternative. You have to support this. And I just got done saying that there's not a Democrat alive that wouldn't argue that when Margaret Thatcher says something like that, it's fascism. Why is it any different when a Democrat says that? There is no alternative. You must vote for the Democrat. Well, so then that's that's where we're ending. We're ending with no matter which way we go, we're, we're sort of voting towards a, a fascist system or kind of to support fascism. But thank you for listening to season two, dialogue two of the Marine and the Hippie, Donald Trump, the GOAT. Also, if you want to check us out, marineandhippie.com. Uh, we can get all of our socials there. You can follow us on social media, uh, write to us on social media and tell us who you want to be on our show. We were supposed to have a guest today. He kind of did not appear. And so we're going to try to reschedule that for some other time. But meanwhile, you know, let us know what you think of our show. Let us know what you'd like to like us to do. Let us know what you think of our new choices of music. I've been putting some different kinds of music in these days. Uh, whatever you want to say, marinehippie.com. Check us out, marine underscore hippie at Twitter and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Until next week, I am the Marine. And I am the Hippie. Ciao. Peace out.
You're listening to the Marine and the Hippie. I'm Dylan. I'm the Hippie from Turkey. And let me just tell you, Kolai Gelsen, may it be easy. Peace. For more information on the Marine, follow Doc at Supernova underscore Earth on Twitter and listen to the Supernova Earth Show on Spotify. For more information on the Hippie, follow Dylan at Gezi and Me on Twitter and read his blog at observationsfromthespectrum.org.